This is the Financial Compass with Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Matthew provides his clients and prospects with the information that they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Matthew Brunner to help you find your financial direction. Hello and welcome to the Financial Compass. My name is Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD. If you'd like more information about what you hear during today's show, give us a call, 800-339-9252, or visit us online at compass-ltd.com. And while you're at the website, scroll on down to the radio section of the page. You can check out past shows, subscribe to the program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please don't hesitate to reach out to us with questions, set up a face-to-face or virtual meeting, or suggest topics for future shows that you might have inquiries about. Now, over the last couple of weeks, you may have heard, I can't imagine you haven't, about the potential for a bear market. And while the economy hasn't officially entered into the bear market, things have gotten close enough that you should be prepared for that very real possibility. Now, bull markets, bear markets, recessions, market volatility. When you're building a financial strategy with the goal to see you through your retirement, there's a lot to know. And even more acutely, there are a lot of financial news headlines that may have you second guessing yourself and your strategy. But as with most things, knowledge is power. So during today's episode, (laughs) we're going to focus our attention on bear markets, what they are, how you may be able to manage them so that you can hopefully breathe a little easier. But before we poke the bear market, let me introduce my co-host, the sage, the master of the Tao of Pooh, if we're going to go to a bear (laughs) reference. Tony Shore. Tony, how you doing? I knew we couldn't get through a show about a bear market without mentioning poo. Um, Winnie the Pooh, that is. Okay, watch it. Watch so yourself. Fifth grade, my chuckle is so fifth grade. Yeah, watch yourself, Matt. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. And this sounds like a great topic. I mean, um, you know, as you know, I'm a news junkie. So I've seen a lot of stories out there about the potential for a bear market. And we actually dipped into a bear market briefly. And, you know, other people say, hey, there's still more coming. So this is a relevant topic. I would imagine a lot of our listeners um, out there may not have a financial strategy in place to deal with a bear market. Uh, and some others may not know the difference between a bear and a bull market. Uh, so let's uh, probably start there, right? That's, you know, when you start at the very beginning, it's a very fine place to start, Tony. <laughs> yes, it is. A very and fine so place to start, as Winnie <laughs> the Pooh would say. <laughs> let's let's do that. There was a Nerd Wallet, which is a great, great website, by the way. Um, Funny name, some... great site. Huh? I said, funny name, great site. Yes, very funny name. 
But there's so much great information on there from people who are just learning about what finance is, like 17, 18 year olds. Uh, although a lot of 17 and 18 year olds are really kind of uh, accomplished crypto investors these days. Uh, but um, to you know, just they answer questions. They give. They can help you with stuff like you know, good credit cards at the time. Who's the best cash back option? There's just a lot of stuff there. And they have an article. What is a bear market and how should I invest during one? Question mark. And it does provide some really good rundowns on this that may that will help me be less technical i think by referring to this so uh, let's start by playing off uh your comment about what a bear market is so at its most basic bear market is simply when the market sees a prolonged plunge in investment prices in most cases when prices fall by more than 20 percent and that fall lasts two months or longer it will be declared a bear market so yes, we went into the 20% territory and you know depending on what index you're going against there hasn't been a straight across the board but you know people are talking about right so the article goes on to explain bear markets can affect the market as a whole you know the Dow Jones Industrial Average or the S&P 500 as well as individual stocks and while the 20% marker is typically the threshold the reality is, and we beat on this a lot, is that bear markets often fall much further than that over a sustained block of time rather than all at once. And even though the market may enjoy a handful of brief rallies, things will generally trend downward. Uh, and sooner or later, investors begin gobbling up nicely priced stock, and thus the bear market ends. Well, I've heard bear markets can have a big psychological impact on investors and make them emotional. Is that right? Oh boy. Yes, they certainly can. You know, one of the defining elements of a bear market is a combination of investor pessimism and lowered confidence. And, you know, I, I've, I've, we talk about a lot of these things often and that, that psychological impact, that's a totally normal human emotion. And so if you're experiencing that, you're, you're not, out of the realm of normality here. That's an absolutely normal thing to feel. It's very common during a bear market, investors will be unable to embrace any good news. Uh, and that will often then instead continue selling quickly. And that only serves to drive prices even further south. It's also common during a bear market that some investors may feel confident about certain individual stocks without applying that same level of confidence to the market as a whole. So there's a lot of psychological turmoil during bear markets. Yeah, true. And I thought you said I, I was out of the realm of normality. You are. <laughs> Always. It's your um, most endearing quality. Yeah. Well, and when we look back, let's look back at the history of bear markets. What are some of the things that typically cause them and how long do they generally last? Okay. Um, well, uh, they generally occur right before the economy itself drifts into recession. And many investors watch, you know, certain economic signals like hawks scanning the tall grass for a mouse. You know, those signals are things like hiring, wage growth, inflation, interest rates. And these signals can sometimes tell us if the economy's cooling. Though we should note that the pandemic's still recent nationwide closures, the surge in unemployment claims have made it difficult to use some of these time-tested signals to determine the true condition of the economy. And never mind all the media stories that 
tell it from every other angle. So, you know, when investors do think they've unlocked enough clues to determine the economy is shrinking, they expect corporate profits to drop, at least in the near term. And then they begin selling off stocks, which has the domino effect of pushing the market even lower. And then continuing that domino effect, bear markets may also suggest that higher unemployment and a more challenging economy is on the horizon. Well, that's a great high level description, Matt. So what about the length of a bear market? Are we talking weeks, months or years then? Well, this, you know, depending on where exactly you draw your data from and which benchmark you're using, uh, I'll I'll use the information that NerdWallet has. I think I've, I historically, if you use the S&P 500 or, you know, the S&P 90 previous iteration of it, um, the math, the math's a little bit different, but it's relatively close. The average, so historically bear markets, first of all, they're shorter than bull markets. The average bear market is 363 days or just under a year. Now, remember, that's that less than 20%. So, you know, generally another accepted piece is from peak to trough is about an average of 15 months. So just over that amount of time. Um, Now, the average run for a bull market is about 1,742 days. I I love that it's average and it's specific to a day. I know. Come on. (laughs) In the the single digits, but yeah, or a little more than four and a half years. That's about the average. So from a purely statistical standpoint, bear markets tend to pack a less potent punch. It doesn't feel that way but technically they do. During a bear market, losses have historically been around 33%, but on the flip side, the average gains during bull markets are about 159%. So if you you do the math out on that, the bull markets still tend to win. Now, interestingly, the coronavirus-induced bear market that kicked off March 11th, 2020, shifted into a bull market less than a month later. Though, again, you know, a full picture of the pandemic's economic fallout is still being painted, especially as we're still making legislation to deal with the whole thing, so. Well, right, I mean, bull market, bear market, whatever the market, it's really important to build your financial strategy and work with somebody like yourself, a financial services professional. This is critical to have a written plan in place then you don't need to worry about the market going up and down. Uh, Why don't you let our listeners know how they can set up that strategy session? I know you're offering a no charge uh, consultation. Yeah, it's complimentary. There's no cost. There's no obligation to it. Uh, It's simple. You just give us a call. Tell us you heard the show and, you know, about the offer and uh, we can do it online. We can do it in person. You can call 800-339-9252 or you can visit us online at compass-ltd.com. There's the self-promotion piece. There you go. Well, and this has been a great show so far. I'm curious about what you can tell us about investing during a bear market. Well, that is a very great question, Tony. And now we're not, this is an individual investment advice. We're going to talk in generalities here. Sure. And I think that's a very critical question. And let's refer to the NerdWallet article. Um, There's some really good insights. And the first recommendation and one, again, I'm going to stop saying one we always talk about because we talk about a lot of these things in all the different shows. Um, And I'm glad that some of the more trustworthy uh, financial sites are really parroting this information to the average investor now. Um, the the first, embrace the concept of dollar cost averaging. You know, in the article, it gives a really simple example. The price of a stock in your portfolio has dropped from $100 per share to $75 per share. Now, if you have extra cash available, you may quickly begin pondering buying more shares if you think the price has hit its lowest point. 
But guess what? You're probably wrong. You know, <laughs> at $75, it's possible the stock has fallen as far as it's going to go. But what if it hasn't? You know, what if it hits $50 a share or $30 a share? So as the article explains, this is why trying to pinpoint the bottom of the market is dangerous territory. It's also why trying to pinpoint the top of the market is dangerous territory. If anybody could, sometimes people get lucky and they do it once and then they think they have these powers, uh, you know, these prolonged <laughs> prognostication powers. And, uh, and they'll and they'll try and sell off everything at the height of the market and then the market goes higher and then they buy back in and they've lost some money and then and then they wait and then they think the market's as down as low as it can get and they get back in and then it goes lower and then they find what you know so no there's dollar cost averaging is still the smarter long-term plan yeah yeah and we have talked about that and that's really smart and not getting out over your skis to try and time the market seems like good advice to me I mean, it's like, um, you know, um, uh, Warren Buffett said, it's not timing the market, it's time in the market, right? So true. And for those of you who don't know, Tony and I both live in colder climes, so getting out over your skis, it's just a really easy way to fall. Yeah, yeah. So for if those, you didn't understand, analogy, for those who are downhill or even cross-country skiing. <laughs> On the lake, wherever it is, yeah. you don't want to get out over those skis. So yeah. yeah. Um, so dollar cost averaging, it, it may be a very smart play. It, it's simply the principle of consistently investing money over time, like you said, in closely equal amounts. Now, how does it help? Now, it allows you to smooth out your purchase price over time, and that may help prevent you from dumping a ton of cash into a stock while its price is very high. And the same concept means you'll also take advantage of market drops. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And uh, that's a great rundown. So how else should we consider investing during a bear market? Well, I think during, before, after another uh, good one, diversification. Uh, it's a another good way to see yourself through a bear market, but it's also a good way to see yourself through any market. I don't believe diversification is all that complicated. It just means that your portfolio has a nice mix of different assets. You know, during bear markets, most companies in an index like the S&P 500 will fall, but that doesn't mean they'll always fall in similar amounts. And that's why diversification may be critical. You know, if during a bear market you have a healthy mix of winners, losers, you may be positioned to lessen your overall losses. The article also notes that because bear markets often proceed or coincide with recessions, many investors prefer assets to provide a steadier return, regardless of how the broader economy is performing. So this is often referred to as a defensive strategy. You'll probably be hearing about that a little bit more in the news too. Yeah. Yeah. I have heard that mentioned defensive strategy. So what kind of assets are we talking about with a defensive strategy? Okay. So the first is dividend paying stocks. You know, even when in during a time when stock prices aren't trending up, a lot of investors still want to receive dividend payments. It's for that reason that some companies offer higher than average dividends that may be particularly enticing during bear markets. Now, bonds are another common part of a defensive strategy. Now, according to the NerdWallet article, bonds are often attractive investments during rocky periods in the stock market because their prices frequently move in the exact opposite direction of stock prices. And while a lot of investors view bonds as a vital piece of any portfolio, there's a ton that don't. But also, regardless of the market's current performance, adding additional high-quality short-term bonds may provide a, a further defense against the chaos of a bear market. Yeah, and I know that's conventional wisdom, but right now, uh, bonds aren't doing so well because of the interest rates rising, right? Well, 
existing bonds. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, the prices of that's always inverse to the interest rate. Sure. So as interest rates go up, the prices of bonds go down and vice versa. So and I think we went over that in a recent show. And it's because, you know, the next offerings will be at higher rates. So the current ones look less enticing. Um, But again, this is why it's so important to have a plan. You'll have these things in place already and you can weather these storms and you can do it with way less stress and you'll sleep better and you don't care what CNBC person is yelling about on, you know, whatever that article is that they're talking about for the day, because you know that your plan is built to weather the bear markets anyway. Right. And I'm glad you highlighted diversification once again, because that's obviously one of the things you need to make part of your plan Mm -hmm. when it comes to investing. Yeah. And so next tip for during a bear market, identify sectors that have historically performed well during recessions, you know, alcohol, bullets. No, no. (laughs) What? (laughs) Wait, somewhere we, let's see here. That's not in my notes. Alcohol and bullets. That's what a friend of mine always says. When the market goes bad, invest in alcohol and bullets. That's Um, terrible. (laughs) Funny, but but terrible. No. So the article specifically points to things like consumer staples and utilities as sectors that have maintained solid performance during previous recessions. Uh, Article further notes, you may be able to invest in specific sectors through either index funds or uh, exchange traded funds, which track a market benchmark. Both index funds and exchange-traded funds or ETFs, they provide more diversification than single stocks because each includes shares in numerous companies. So you kind of get some of that uh, single stock volatility out of the way. If you are one of those single stock people, you know, follow who you want to follow, depending on what you think is coming. A lot of people think war is coming, so they think, you know, certain companies that offer, you know, equipment during wartime are a good investment. I, I am more of a fund person. I'm more of a, a diversification believer and I'm more of a planning that stuff away. And we'll get into some more of that as we go on here. So I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to ever suggest any, especially on this show, individual stocks, but uh, sectors and funds are good, good, good place. Sure. Well, and yeah, identifying sectors that traditionally perform really well during a recession is obviously a great reason to work with somebody like yourself to help you uh, strategize and plan that. And when it comes to building a portfolio, uh, you want a financial strategy that's going to maintain as much strength as possible for these downtimes, you know, good times or bad times. Mm-hmm. So you got to work with somebody like yourself, Matt. I know. Uh, you and Gretchen and the team there do such a great job helping folks with these types of things. Yeah, well, I mean, the, again, we do it from a planning perspective. So we 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 create these portfolios to ride these storms out anyway. Um, and and we're, if your goal is to win the world, you probably want to find somebody else. If your goal is to have the lifestyle you want now, the lifestyle you want later, we're a good match. And we're going to do it from that fiduciary standpoint. And if you're not going to find your way to work with us, you're going to want to find your way to work with someone who has that same philosophy, in my opinion, if you want the overall greatest chance of success in your world. Now, the final may way you may want to invest during a bear market is simply stick to your long game. You know, talking this plan in many ways, bear markets, they're going to test your discipline, your resolve. And while it's perfectly normal to sweat and worry during market drops, like we said, history has shown time and again that patience is a virtue. 
the sun will rise tomorrow <laughs> and that the long-term trend of the markets is up. Not panicking and sticking to your long-term strategy is especially important if your primary goal, your primary, is to provide yourself and a spouse or partner with your preferred retirement lifestyle, like we're just talking about. As the article makes plain, bear markets you fight your way through will almost certainly be overshadowed by the bull markets that help you thrive. Yeah, exactly. The sun also rises, right? Yeah, uh, so. and, and, yeah. and here, here's another one. You know, money you need for short-term goals, those are the ones you typically plan to achieve in the next five years. That may, may not, you know, may not want to have that playing around in the market right now or a better plan on making that turn into cash or cash alternatives. I always like to remind the people I work with that feeling nervous or maybe even a little panicked, it's perfectly natural. We've gone over this. Worrying does not mean you're wrong. It just means you're human. But the key is not allowing those feelings to overwhelm your common sense or to torpedo your plan. Yeah, exactly. So how can our listeners get a hold of you to set up that plan? Oh, call 800-339-9252. Visit us online at compass-ltd.com. Um, gently nudge my bumper in traffic and wave nicely. <laughs> There's another one. Um, it's a strong bumper. Yeah, don't. No, don't do that one. Don't run into Matt <laughs> in traffic. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But if it's really slow, if it's, if it's, sure. you know, stop and go. Sure, sure. But. Uh, no, there, it's, it's, and, and simple there, we're going to sit down and talk. We're going to talk to you about how we put these plans together. We're going to talk about what some of your goals, what, what you hope to achieve, your needs are, your dreams are. And we talk to you about what it's going to take to put that plan into place. All right. Sounds good, Matt. And what's that number one more time? 800-339-9252. This has been a really good show today. What do you have for us next? Well, I want to continue the conversation on the potential impact of bear markets by focusing specifically on what a bear market might mean for your retirement strategy. Now, uh, Kipling, our article, uh, retirement income shouldn't depend on the market. It should depend on math. It does a nice job of defining how you can build a retirement strategy that stands up against inevitable market fluxes. And that is and that's what we do day to day. That's what our planning does. Uh, it's it's the math-based approach. It's the data. It takes the emotion out of it. When you're feeling emotionally, you get to open that plan back up and look at it and go, okay, we're, we're going to survive this. We ha This is baked into the plan. We know we can handle this downturn. And I think it's a very important piece to have for your overall financial strategy. Well, and that's an attention-grabbing headline right mm -hmm. there. Um, it, it depends on math. And I was told there would be no math. So uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So where do we go with this? All right. So first and foremost, the article, as we do recognize the market is currently experiencing a bit of volatility. I love volatility, but that alone is enough to make retirees and a lot of near retirees very nervous and rightly so. After all, as we say often on the show, retirement is your reward for years of hard work and financial discipline. But you also still need to have that financial discipline during your retirement. The hard work part, that's the part we like to push to the side, but we still need to have some financial discipline there. The article has an interesting historical nugget that makes clear that worries about a potential bear market aren't unwarranted, right? So between 1928 through March of this year, there have been 26 bear markets. Now, remember that a bear market is a market decline of more than 20%. 
that lasts at least two months. So 26 bear markets in slightly under 100 years. Do the math. That's less. That's more than one every five years. Wow. Okay. So are they are they going to come? They certainly seem like they have, right? So if history is <laughs> any guide, it's the only guide we have. Now we know there's there's going to be one, two, three, four during your retirement. It's all very possible. So you should have a plan that's going to address that. Uh, and since 1928, the decline in those bear markets, the average 35.62%, which means wow. the fear of big losses isn't entirely irrational. Right. But what is irrational is acting on that fear. Yeah. That's the irrational so, part is when you torpedo your plan by acting on that fear. Right. So uh, obviously, other than not acting on the fear, what should retirees and near retirees do then? Well, call their advisor and talk to them about their Bingo. worries. Call your planner. Look at your plan. Revisit the plan. Make them earn their fees. Right. That's why they're there. They're there to help you through this. Now, there's some other things that you can do if you don't have an advisor or if you're going to go this on your own, which I do not recommend. Um, there's things that planners and advisors are going to talk to you about, or at least the ones that are worth their weight in salt. So um, that are going to protect your assets as much as possible from the bear market. The biggest of which uh, is your retirement income shouldn't depend on the market. It should depend on the math, like we said, right? So let's look closer at the math. And I know you didn't no, you knew that you didn't think math was going to be involved, but <laughs> well, just bear with me. You do the math okay, and I'm okay. I'm okay. Let's say you and your spouse are close to retirement and you have about a million dollars saved. Now that's a nice chunk of money, but don't lose sight of the fact that your retirement could easily last two or three decades. On average, the non-smoking 62 year old couple entering into retirement have a joint life expectancy of 92 years old. That means one of you is going to get to 92 years old uh, wow. on average. So yeah. about three decades, right? So is that money going to be enough if you live that long. And by the way, as you age, everything, as we've painfully seen in this last year and a half, food, housing, utilities, you name it, it's likely to become more expensive. No doubt. We've, we're seeing that right now. And mm -hmm. so if that million dollars, Matt, has to last 30 years, I'm guessing it's probably not enough to just let it sit there in the bank account or put it in that coffee can in the cupboard. What should the couple in the example you gave us do with it? Well, one way to look at it is like the bucket strategy, okay? Some people look at it as traffic lights or buckets. So let's talk about the first bucket. That's the safety bucket. This is where you place that money to handle the unexpected emergencies that pop up in everyone's life during retirement, right? And Or even during the regular part of your life before retirement. Well, when I'm sitting down with a client, I like to make it a point to simply ask them what amount of money in their safety bucket would make them feel comfortable. I can show them using math what it would be, but when we're doing, a, when we're st sitting down in the beginning stages, it's good to have an idea what that is. And I've been in this business a long time, so the answers I've got to this question have varied considerably. But let's stick with our example: the couple, they're one million dollars, um, and they say fifty thousand dollars, and that's probably a very good number, but it may have a lot to do with your lifestyle. Well, yeah, obviously your lifestyle will affect that. And at a time when a bear market seems like a real possibility, I'm guessing that safety bucket will have even more appeal than usual for a lot of listeners and needs to be mm -hmm. a bigger part of the plan. So what's the next bucket? 
Next one's income. Now, this is built around the question of how much money you think you'll need every month during retirement to pay for your lifestyle, what I was just talking about right there. So notice I say lifestyle rather than bills, and that's intentional because while you obviously need money for groceries, gas, you'll also need money for your hobbies, the other non-essential spending that makes retirement worthwhile. If things go horrible, we also want to have an, a, a strong accounting of your absolute essentials, right? And that's when we have to tighten the belt and sharpen the pencil, perhaps depending on what what you've brought to the table for retirement. But let's say a couple from our example settles on $6,000 per month, $72,000 a year in, in the beginning of their retirement. That's going to have to be more as life goes on. And so they're going to anticipate receiving $2,000 per month from Social Security each. So that's $4,000. And simple math tells us now they have a monthly income gap of $2,000. How do we address that income gap to get the lifestyle piece taken care of? One potential way is use some uh, the retirement nest egg to purchase something like an annuity. And I know you'll hear some people say it's the only choice you have. You'll hear that people say it's the absolute worst choice in the world. They're both wrong. Um, the only right thing to look at that is, is it's either going to work for you. It isn't. It's either suitable for you or it's not, or it works in your best interest or it isn't. And it may be able to provide some guaranteed monthly income that can't be outlived. So if you know you have all your guaranteed income lifestyle needs taken care of, Boy, doesn't that change a bear market for you? And there's different types of annuities. They may not be a good financial move for everyone. So if you're considering one, I would encourage you to first discuss them with your planner. And then if that's a different per if there's another different person involved, then talk to your uh, annuity salesperson. They may be one and the same, but the planner's held to a fiduciary standard. And so you're going to want to start with them. Wow. Uh, well, this is really interesting. That's true. And I believe that leaves us with just one bucket left, right? Yes. So we did the emergency and the income. And the third one uh, is uh, you. the third bucket. It's going to allow you to be a little more aggressive with the goal of creating growth that outpaces inflation, right? Because we said $72,000 at the beginning of retirement, but every year everything's going to cost more. So the money in that bucket could decline in value if the market falters, but it's not something you have to take out right away because you have those other two pieces of the puzzle taken care of. So you don't expect to need it anytime soon. You should be able to out pace that bear market with that money. And while you shouldn't be overly aggressive with your third bucket, unless of course you can afford it and that's where your risk tolerance lies and be as aggressive as you want. Uh, as long as one and two is squared away, it may be advantageous to consider a portfolio that's slightly heavier on equities up to the point that it, your plan still succeeds. Uh, and, and that's a, that's a good way to get that third one set up for yourself. Excellent. Wow. Okay. And this has been a great show, a, a lot of retirement planning info to make sure that you're prepared during a bear market, especially for retirees and pre-retirees. Matt, great show as always. Is there anything Thanks, else Tim. you want to add before we go? Well, besides for the thank you for telling me it's a great show as always, I would highly recommend you reach out and speak to someone about your financial plan. If you don't want, if you don't have one in place, Get it done as soon as possible. Uh, and if you want to do it with us, give us a call, 800-339-9252. Uh, you can visit us online at compass-ltd.com. There's no cost. There's no obligation to that initial sit down. We'll tell you the steps it takes. Uh, I cannot stress enough how important that plan is because that is the easiest way and the most least stress-inducing way to survive bear markets. 
All right. That sounds great. And give that phone number and web address one more time. Sure. 800-339-9252 or compass-ltd.com. All right. And that does it for today's episode of The Financial Compass with our host, Matt Brunner. Thank you for listening to The Financial Compass. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Matthew Brunner at Comprehensive Planning Associates. Call 800-339-9252 or visit their website at compass-ltd.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Insurance products and services, fee-based financial planning, and investment advisory services are offered by Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD. Compass, a registered investment advisor in the state of Connecticut. Securities are offered by Gretchen Brunner and Matthew Brunner through Gradient Securities, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 866-991-1539. Member FINRA, SIPC. Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass, and Gradient Securities, LLC are not affiliated companies. Gradient Securities, LLC, and Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Securities, LLC, GS, and or their investment advisor representatives.